but when we look at uh, how you know we can empower ourselves and empower our communities, it truly starts with you know bringing people into those fights that are happening in their own backyard. Welcome to Be The Change, a Connecticut News Junkie original podcast. I'm your host, Emily DeSalvo. Today I'm talking with an iconic trio in Hamden, better known as JAM, Justin Farmer, Abdul Osmano, and Mariam Khan. Today's show, a JAM session. These three young people, two 19-year-olds and a 27-year-old, are taking on the political establishment and running for office in the town they call home. Recently endorsed by the Democratic Socialists of America, we talk about bringing change to Hamden, diversity, and the importance of building coalitions like theirs. Welcome to the show. I'm so excited to have you here. I'm going to have you start just going um, one by one and explain to me what you're running for, a little bit about you, and um, why the town of Hamden um, means so much to you that you're running for office for it. So we'll go Abdul, Justin, Miriam. All right. Usually we go uh, by like jam order. So uh, this is kind of a deviating from <laughs> what were you? <laughs> uh, but yeah, my name's Abdul. Uh, my name's Abdul Osmanu. Um, I'm 19 years old um, and I'm running for uh, the Legislative Council, Hamden Legislative Council in the third district. Um, and a little bit about myself. Um, I'm, you know, just like Miriam and Justin, uh, form- a former graduate of Hamden Public School Systems. Um, this kind of isn't really my first foray into local politics as I've, you know, whether it's been behind the scenes, volunteering, organizing, or uh, running as a candidate myself uh, in like the DTC elections. Um, so I've kind of dabbled a bit with local politics for the past uh, four years or so. Um, and what really excites me about running um, is having the opportunity to um, kind of take a lot of the lessons I've learned from like former mentors, people that I've worked alongside. Uh, mentors of which uh, include Justin, um, and have the opportunity to really work on the issues um, and get to the root of some of the problems that have really been plaguing um, our town, especially the southern end of our town, uh, for so, so long. Um, So I'm really excited to be here, really excited to be running for office, uh, especially with such a wonderful slate of young people. Uh, Go ahead, Justin. So I, I am Justin Farmer. I have been on the Legislative Council for the last three and a half years, and I decided to rerun. Um, A great part of that is because uh, Abdul and Mariam uh, stepped up. Um, I I think for me, um, you know, my motto has been planting the seeds of change so that we can grow together. and over the last four years, I've been able to grow and learn with Mario and Abdul. Um, and the changes that I want to see in our town, that I want to see in our community, um, I see us getting closer to it. Um, and this year, I will be either the second or third most senior person on the council, um, and the most senior Democrat. Uh, so in that sense, I felt like I kind of had responsibility as a uh, as a young elder to uh, kind of help guide the path and uh, collaborate and learn with others. Awesome. Thank you. Um, Mariam, do you want to go? Okay. 
Uh, I'm Miriam. I use she, her pronouns. I'm running for Hamden Board of Education, which is really, really exciting. Uh, like Abdul said, I graduated. Um, we all graduated from the Hamden Public School System. Um, I just graduated in 2020, so about two years ago, uh, technically two years, not even. Um, and it's been really, really exciting uh, transitioning from being a student on the board to being a full-fledged member. Um, and similar to Abdul, I actually got involved in Hamden politics as a student. And it was really, really important for me and just visionary, I think, in a way that I was able to get involved without even being you know, of age to vote or, or get involved in a more official way. And I think that really set up the foundation for me and organizing work in general. Um, I'm really grateful to have mentors like Justin and a few other people I met along the way. Um, and I think that's what's really inspired my run. I, I have the experience from being there for a few years. Uh, and I think with COVID, as we come out of this, and I'm not sure, you know, what our new normal will look like, we have the chance to redefine and, and to be really excited and, and to be creative with how we tackle these unprecedented needs of our community right now. And so for me, uh, this is a really exciting slate. We have a fun name also. Uh, <laughs> and I think just having more young voices uh, in, in our political ecosystem right now, I think I would be the youngest uh, person in Hamden politics uh, so far, ever. Yeah, that's so exciting. So I think all of you mentioned one of the others while you were um, introducing yourself. So I want um, all of you to kind of talk about what it means to have the support of one another as you're running. I think it's kind of rare, at least in my time following local politics, to have, you know, three people band together on a, a platform at such a local level um, in their town about, you know, such issues that they're so passionate about. So um, can you, for people that are listening that may not be from Hamden, explain this bond that you guys have. I'll, I'll start with Abdul. All right, so I think I've kind of started saying this quite a bit, but Jam, uh, you know, we kind of came up with the name uh, a couple months ago, but Jam has existed for quite a while. Uh, we've all like <laughs> worked in coalition with each other on a plethora of issues, plethora of campaigns, um, and to have like a situation where you're ready to run for office for your first time, uh, and, and you're you see that ballot, um, and you see the people that you're running with on a slate, and you can recognize two people that you've tirelessly worked on, um, on the issues, um, and have built like such a meaningful bond and like base of trust with. Um, that's you know something that you know even at the local level is kind of rare to have people that you know so well that you've built such a great connection with that you're ready to step into this uh, work with. So I think that's what makes Jam really uh, special um, to me. And it gives us all uh, opportunity to really define, uh, redefine um, what local politics looks like um, and what local politics has, you know, the ability to change in our communities. Um, I, I would say for me, um, yeah, I I started at 22, um, and I didn't have much mentorship or stewardship in the sense of getting involved in politics. I kind of fell into it by accident. Um, so I guess for me, um, politics is an individual team sport. And for me, seeing Miriam and Abdul have the passion and desire to work on the issues 
I wanted to make sure to help support them with the, the, the politician craft, if you will, um, because there are times where you have to work in coalition with people. There are times where people don't align with your principles. And there are times you just don't know who is who. Um, and I wanted to make sure to give them all the tools that I had uh, and to support them in that, uh, as well as to be able to bounce ideas off of them as I've done in the past and over the years, where there are times where they're closer to the ground on an issue than I am, or they have a different perspective on the issue than I do, uh, and being able to go to them, not so much just randomly, but now with more context as as colleagues, uh, I'm excited to to see how we learn and grow. Um, and the last and most important thing is, in politics, we don't build pipelines. Um, you know, all the work I've done, all the work that I've worked on, um, even if it's not picked up, for people to understand that, to understand the context, understand where I'm coming from. Like, I don't know how long I'm going to be in municipal politics, but to have other people to share that vision with, to improve on it or to disregard things or to see things in a different light. Like, Jay, you don't have that right. None of that made sense. And this is why I wasn't working. To be able to share wholly with people uh, your passion for the work and your vision, I think that's some, the most important thing that many politicians fail to do is to think beyond themselves. I completely agree with, you know, all of what's been said. I think there's this shared passion and this shared trust that's been built and, and has been breeded over the past few years as we worked together. First, um, when Abdul and I were just high school students, and then when we served as the deputy campaign managers of Justin's campaign for Senate, um, and we became more and more entrenched in this work. And, and like Justin brings up, this idea of having a vision and of, of being in a space that's more than just pessimistic and, you know, choose the lesser of two evils, this type of dynamic where we continue to sacrifice where we stand on policy uh, just to be political. And I think this is kind of one of those ways and, and one of those coalitions that completely targets that. And I think even when we were on doors, the first conversation we would have is what issues matter to you? And, and that hasn't been, you know, something that's typically done. I mean, of course, you, you asked that question, but it never started with and even ended with, do I have your support? Because this is so, so much more than, than getting a vote. This is so much more than, you know, organizing in those fluctuations of campaign season. This is continuous work. And I think that shared vision and that shared commitment to this work that, you know, Abdul and I have been doing, Justin has been doing, even before he got involved um, as a municipal politician, um, just as a student advocating for himself and for others. Um, I think that's really where we converge uh, and just having shared experiences as people of color, young people of color in this space. Um, I, I think what we bring is that optimism, that hope, that excitement, that it doesn't have to be this way. And there are frameworks to do it ethically, equitably, um, and to make people feel invited into that work. Yeah, thank you for saying that. Super important. So I'm going to start with you this time, Miriam, for, for the next question. Um, I want to talk about, you mentioned door knocking and talking to people about, you know, what issues are, are you facing right now? And do you have my support? And 
I just want to know from your sense, based on what you've talked with the people and just from your time living in Hampton, what are the gravest crises that our um, Hampton residents are facing right now? And, you know, what, what is, how does your platform reflect what you heard? That is an absolutely great question. Um, I will leave more of the financial counsel aspects uh, to Abdul and Justin, uh, but definitely in the education aspect, it's really come down to educational equity. I think that's number one, what we've heard on doors, especially in areas like Church Street and Shepherd Glen. It's been a really big issue, especially with the uh, proposed shutdown and technically not shut down anymore. It's a really convoluted, complex issue that doesn't need to be that complicated. Um, and I say that because a lot of that complexity is due to the lack of transparency on these issues. We have secret deals being made. We have no clear understanding of what's going on, unclear you know, meeting minutes, everything else. And I think it really comes down to, do we have the same commitment for our black and brown students in Hampton Public Schools as we do others? And growing up as, as a brown student in the school system, um, there's certainly been educators and, and other things that have really made this a great experience for me. And there's been other things that haven't. But for me, it's really about bridging that gap. Um, in, in terms of, you know, targeting that on the platform, there's a lot of ways to do that. And I think some of the things that we're focusing on um, as a group and more specifically in my platform is targeting the disproportionate rate and discipline. It's incredibly high for Black, Brown, Indigenous, um, disabled students, East, uh, English as a second language. Um, targeting things like that. How can we have more restorative justice justice practices? How can we be implementing more, you know, mindful, emotional-based practices? Um, focusing on safety also, I think what makes us safe in schools is a commitment to emotional, social health and learning that is not purely academic, but learning as a person. And as we navigate COVID that has had, you know, disproportionate impacts on families, um, and we're now going to be tackling that deficit and learning, I think we need a shared commitment to really making sure we're adequately resourcing um, and not only speaking about the issues, but acting on them as well. PTA funding has been another source of that inequity where it's completely disparate on different part, in different parts of Hamden. Um, and, you know, we might say, oh, we want to fix this, but then we won't put our, our money where our mouth is. That will be the first item to be cut. And I understand there's expenses to be made, but I know where I stand on my, my priorities um, and, and those are just a few of the things. Thank you. So Justin, I know you've been out, you know, door knocking, um, before this isn't your first round, but what kind of things were you hearing, um, this round? What are the issues that are most at stake in Hampton right now? I think a lot of people, their big concern is taxes. Um, we, you know, taxes and, and, public safety, right? Um, in terms of taxes, we didn't pay our bills since I was three, four years old. We didn't pay our pension liabilities until last year was the first time that we fully paid our pension uh, debt, <clears throat> what we owed in terms of that year. Um, I think also you have the fact that Block 40, Neighborhood 40, uh, the town was floating $5 million worth of debt uh, off the backs of 400 community members. Uh, some of them happen to be the wealthiest community members in town. Um, but nonetheless, we weren't taxing them in an ethical way. Uh, and if we were to just tax the rich, um, that is something that we should bring to the state and 
tax Fairfield, tax Greenwich, tax the Gold Coast, but to shoulder the burden of a municipal budget on 400 community members on such a micro level um, wasn't fair. And now we shifted that burden over to the rest of the community where $400, $1,000, $1,500 is astronomical to many families. Um, I think the other thing that I'm really hearing from people is around public safety, especially in the southern part of town. Uh, We've had 19 shootings in the last uh, year and a half, uh, uh, and we've had six fatalities. And I think that's waned on people where between COVID and just the sheer level of of, uh, petty crime and then some of the more violent crime, even though the numbers are around the same, I think it just hits people different because they just haven't been in community and haven't been able to make those same kind of uh, connections. Yeah. Um, Abdul, do you want to comment on that, on um, your door knocking experience and what issues have been um, the most you know, uh, prevalent? Yeah, um, so I think uh, many of the things that I've seen on doors kind of overlap a good chunk of what Justin said. Um, taxes and finances are always um, a big uh, conversation that ever that always comes up on doors. Um, and you know, as Justin referred to, with the way that we uh, like do our taxes within like a municipal and neighborhood, um, like under in that area, uh, we've actually kind of transferred and shifted that burden um, from people in neighborhood forty. Um, and when you look at it now, a good chunk of that burden has actually been shifted onto are more black and brown communities, um, communities that uh, where you have lower income, working class families, communities where you have people actually using their like uh, home owners, uh, their first house, um, their special um, loans that they're actually given for uh, being a first time homeowner. Um, so I think that's some more long-term work towards actually making sure that how we're actually um, distributing the tax burden um, is you know fair and equitable and uplifts our most vulnerable community members. Um, But other than that, um, on the topic of finances, you know, you have this, um, this kind of sentiment of of the increase in our taxes over the past couple of years, um, and people kind of finally waking up to the fact that uh, many of these problems that we're currently facing right now are the result and product of decades and decades of financial mismanagement, kicking down the road, kicking the can down the road, um, when we actually had the opportunity um, to prevent some of these financial obligations from ballooning to what they are right now. Um, and I think having that honest conversation at doors of what like the financial future of our town actually looks like um, is something that I always make sure to uh, keep in mind. Um, and I think that one thing that we didn't really mention right here um, on like a real big issue that I find on doors, uh, especially in my district, is uh, infrastructure. Uh, and I think you know, Justin's actually been leading kind of a big fight on that. Um, we recently kind of had a like really micro small um, capital budget that doesn't exactly um, address, you know, all of the infrastructural needs um, that our town, especially Southern Hamden needs. Um, but prior to that, we hadn't had a capital budget for well over four years. Um, and I think if we're actually to treat our like infrastructure as a priority, um, we actually need to make sure that we're like crafting equitable um, and fair uh, capital budgets that actually address what needs really need to be met in the town. 
because um, our current system of like a lack of transparency um, and clarity with uh, how we're actually tending to our streets and roads and sidewalks has left uh, crazy disparities um, in which roads are getting paved, which roads are receiving um, uh, speed bumps. Um, and I think that in our conversation about equity, um, we also must like place infrastructure into that. Um, Cause when we're talking about infrastructure, we're talking about the safety of our children, our elderly um, and our really vulnerable community members. Um, so I always find it important to center that in my message at doors. Um, and of course you also have public safety. Um, also, um, I'm also a, uh, my district actually covers uh, Southern Hamden as well. Um, and borders, it's split by just, it's split by Dixwell um, and is adjacent to Justin's district. Um, but I think that um, in the conversation of public safety, um, it's always um, an interesting conversation at doors. Um, Cause I would say that like for the most part when I'm having these conversations, it's almost always a conversation about what more can we be doing for our community? Um, how can we be drawing from the best of our community um, to improve? Because uh, in my district, we have the Keefe Center, um, which has you know provided services to community members for years and years and years. Um, and anybody that knows of the Keefe Center knows that uh, when we talk about uh, improving our wraparound services, investing in things that really are proven to reduce crimes, our community centers um, and reaching out to organizations and working regionally with our partners is key to um, you know attacking crime uh, rather than uh, spending tons and tons of money on what is an overbloated police department um, that hasn't exactly produced the results that um, we've you know wanted for well over a couple of years, decades actually. What I'm hearing from you guys is that you kind of have, you know, heard a lot of these problems from people, but you also seem to have a vision for, you know, a better Hamden. And the Hamden that I've been living in for the past four years as a student here has been one, you know, with a lot with the status quo where there's been a lot of things that have been the same and there have started to be some changes. We have a new person that's arrive, arising as the front runner for the Democratic nomination that has a new vision for the town. And there's the three of you. But it seems like the tides are turning in town. It seems like there is, you know, a new appetite for the kind of vision that you guys have. I know that you were um, endorsed by the uh, Central Connecticut DSA. And I just want to ask you guys, you know, is this the time for this movement? Can, can you explain what that movement is and why now is the time? And we can start with uh, Justin this time. Uh, climate change. No, <laughs> I, I, I think there's a, a number of reasons why, right? Like they're, 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 there are so many issues that are going on right now, right? Whether we're talking about the events of January 6th, right? Whether we're talking about the shooting of Stephanie and Paul uh, two years ago in Hamden, whether we're talking about uh, Corona. Um, I think there's just a lot of things going on, right? Um, in general, people are adverse to change, Right, and we would rather deal with the devil that we know uh, rather than something else. But I think that where we are now, we just all have come to the conclusion that we can't keep going down the same path. There's nothing uh, uh, to to really edify us or or to bring us closer closer together if we continue to do the things the same way. Uh, I think also while you're starting to see this change is that there's a generational change, right? Um, 
some of our elders are passing away or passing the torch. Um, and uh, Gen X, uh, the unknown generation, a lot of people from the Gen X age just kind of sat out. And now, you know, millennials and the Gen Zs are coming in and we're like, yeah, I guess we're going to have to figure out stuff, right? Like 9-11 was crazy that, you know, we got to figure out what we're going to do. Um, but we have our issues now today, right? Like New York City flooded, right? Connecticut, we had an officer who died uh, because of climate change, right? We have people, right, who millions of people have passed away because of corona. We have people who are suffering to student debt, right? Uh, in the global health crisis, people didn't have access to health care. And I think when we look about what we can do and we start to spiral with like, there's so much to do. I think it makes so much sense that more and more people are focusing on their local community and saying, hmm, I can't do it. Like, right. I'm frustrated that, you know, I, I, I am distraught to see our community members, whether they're in Haiti uh, or in, uh, you know, Afghanistan or, uh, you know, in California with the four stars, I'm distraught. I'm not there. I can't do anything. But what I can do is get involved uh, in my own backyard. I can get involved in my own community. Uh, and in this case, um, even at 19, I, I, I can get involved on my board of ed. I can get involved in my city council. So I think that's why there's an urgency for change. Uh, and, and I think... Uh, that it makes so much sense because every day new issues come up and uh, the same way of thinking is not going to get us new solutions. I, I think so much of what Justin said about so many of these issues coming to the forefront with, with a newfound urgency, I think a lot of them have been issues throughout um, when, when you look historically and they've always you know been there. It's not like these are newly erupting issues, but there's this new set of passion and this new set of accessibility of more people feeling like they are empowered to make that change. And I think that speaks to the kind of work we do. Um, this isn't work that we're doing alone as individuals. This is not about me as a person, Justin as a person, Abdul as a person. This is about who we can invite into the work, who we can make feel empowered by this work and feel like if they get involved, at a local level, which I will argue is more important than at a national or at a state level, um, then we are doing what we set out to do. And I think that kind of changes and disturbs the leadership system where you have someone at top, right? And it's a hierarchy and it's um, about being the leader of change and not necessarily a partner in change. And I think that's that's one other aspect of, thank you, Justin, <laughs> another aspect of, of the change we're bringing. And I think the shift in the change dynamics that are coming to Hamden. It's no longer a savior coming in. And I hate that concept so much because, oh, this politician is going to save us from these things. It's never going to be a politician. Um, it's going to be a community and it's going to be a community powered effort. Um, and that's what I'm a firm believer in. And I think that's what JAM is representative of. We are three candidates, but we have so many other people that are working with us. And, and to say that we are just three candidates um, is just untrue. I, I, we are so much more than that. And I say we, not as us three, but we as our entire group. Um, there's so much more to do here and it can only be done 
uh, if we do it through this joint shared communal lens. That's so great to hear about, you know, the community and everyone being involved. Um, Abdul, do you want to speak to that? Yep. Um, so I, when I really think about um, why this is a moment for change um, on a really local level, um, we have some very um, we have some very interesting like situations and crises uh, that I'd say or potential crises that we really need to be addressing um, when we think about it fiscally, um, where a town is you know teetering on the brink of financial and fiscal insolvency. Um, so the time to act on that is now. When we think about uh, climate. Uh, we've had several storms uh, that, you know, usually would only occur within the span of five to 10 years occur within like the past, you know, three, five years. Um, and, and it's really important that we really take a look at um, our carbon footprint as a municipality. It's important that we look towards storm resilient infrastructure um, to really manage um, the, you know, increase in these disasters that we're going to be seeing um, in the next, you know, 10, 20 years. Um, so when I really look at uh, why, you know, the time is now, uh, it's really, I really think that um, if there's, you know, if the time isn't now, um, then it, the time will be never because um, we have these, you know, issues that we really need to deal with right now. Uh, and, you know, it, they're, you know, they kind of transform onto the national stage. Um, but when we look at uh, how, you know, we can empower ourselves and empower our communities, it truly starts with you know, bringing people into those fights that are happening in their own backyard um, and making them feel a part of the process, feel like they're a part of the process, uh, giving them, you know, the tools that they need to advocate and fight for uh, the things that they need in their community more so than, uh, you know, taking on that, uh, that task alone as a, you know, politician. Uh, yeah, that sense of urgency is, is definitely really there. And you guys talked about a lot of pressing issues that are facing the town. Um, um, Miriam in particular uh, gestured toward um, a lot of the disparities that exist in the in the school system. And I just want to ask you guys about the importance of diversity in government, local government, state government, national government, whether that be in the age, whether it be your background, race, ethnicity. Why do you think it's so important that we have a diverse coalition of people addressing issues like this? I'll start with Abdul this time. All right. So I think that it's really important that we have like a diverse, uh, you know, array of elected officials, um, not only to uh, not only like on its face to, you know, make sure that we're like appearing to address the needs of the people in our town, um, but to really inspire people. Um, when I look at uh, JAM, um, I see, you know, an opportunity to really reach out to people, um, you know, that aren't too you know, younger than us, um, and really inspire them that they can, you know, be the change in their community, they can lead in their community. Um, and that, you know, a leader doesn't exactly have to look one way or the other leaders can come from all areas of town of society, um, and ultimately, you know, empower and build their community and, you know, really be the change and, you know, be a leader in their community. So excited to hear you say that because Be The Change is the name of this podcast. So awesome. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I think it's so important to have such a diverse and, and so many different ways. Um, you know, I'm the daughter of Pakistani immigrants. I'm a 19 year old Muslim. And um, to be in a space like this is not expected. It's not orthodox. And 
it's it's definitely interesting from you know like a familial and cultural perspective and um i think at the same time it's just so crucial uh, you know growing up a student um, and, and thinking about all of the students that we have at Hamden Public Schools that are, have such diverse identities, bring so much with them um, to be able to look at someone uh, and know that you have those shared experiences. There are things that that oftentimes you might not connect with, especially when you look at elected officials and um, things that aren't necessarily or typically shared. And I think that's one really important thing, especially in a school system, especially in a place like Hamden. I think that's number one you're serving such a diverse set of students. And, um, you know, of course, I'm going to advocate for every student equally, regardless of, you know, race, religion, whatever it might be. Um, but to know that I really would have appreciated having a Muslim younger person who had just went through the school system to help navigate through school, through whatever it might be, through whatever issues, to know you have an advocate there for you that is a student, that is young, um, and understands what you're going through, whether it's COVID and the loss of activities and not having prom and, and graduation, things like that, or if it's navigating the space as a woman of color, um, right? And so I think that's what that this diversity brings. It's it's this shared approach to so many issues and this shared vision, but also shared history of we've gone through this and and we've all gone through this and like Justin has and, you know, Abdul and I have leaned on him because he's been through these experiences, being able to provide that for students that sometimes don't have that or haven't had that historically is really, really exciting. Um, and I think if we want to have a healthy, you know, just going back to democratic, you know, diverse society, if we want healthy, um, actual progress, we need people with different experiences um, different voices, and and I think it's crucial, especially where we are right now. We need a, a intersectional lens uh, uh, in the sense of this work that we do. Um, everything is connected to everything else, right? Um, um, uh, you know, we all come from different backgrounds, yet we still can find commonality. And I think it's getting people to a place where we can all have commonality of language around the issues that are affecting us and talk about them, right? All three of us are uh, first-generation Americans. We are all, all of us have family members that immigrated from somewhere else, uh, right? All of us uh, have uh, 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 are people of color navigating this world. Um, we all went through the school system, although through different schools in the same town, right? With different access, right? In different parts of the same town. Uh, we all uh, are young people navigating this space. Uh, uh, it is fun for me because uh, Miriam Abdul will now uh, see what it's like to try to figure out college and being a person in charge of $260 million, uh, but not get paid to do that. Um, I, I look forward to y'all doing better at it than I did. Um, but I, I say all that to say, right, at the end of the day, the issues that we're all looking at are all quality of life, right? We all uh, want our families to do better. Uh, I know Miriam, you know, spent a lot of last year uh, helping out with her younger siblings around the house, 
Um, and I think about my brothers and sisters and the sacrifices they made um, to help our family when we first immigrated here. Uh, I think about, um, you know, how, you know, being a student at Southern and being able to see Abdul uh, work with, uh, you know, when I first went to Southern, I randomly walked into Senator Winfield's office, not really knowing who he was and got some advice. And then to see Abdul to be able to work with him uh, in an internship was something special. Uh, I think as we learn what our differences is are, we are able to understand how we actually are so similar and our needs are so similar. Um, and I think that's really important, especially in the time where we have people who want to focus on focus on being different as something negative. They want to uh, uh, have a, a revisionist history of what our country is and what it could be. They want to uh, uh, to defend atrocities that have been done in the past. They want to uh, cast negative light on people saying that we could do better. They want to divide us based off the fact that uh, our parents did not come here. Uh, our parents were not born here, but they came here, right? And I think at this time, being able to have a coalition of people to talk about the differences and to talk about differences as strength, I think that's so important. Uh, the last thing I'll say is, um, you know, me having being neurodiverse with Tourette's, I, I think about um, if I had the accommodations and if I had the things that I needed, I would have never stepped into public office. And, and I think, um, you know, I always forget who says the quote, but they say, you know, we study math, politics, and science so that our kids can study uh, architecture and, and education so that their kids can study uh, music and the arts, right? And like this work is generational. So the work that we are doing now connects to the next generation and connects to the next generation. And I think for us, the big thing is to make the connection that like, cool, like as Miriam said, like, this is not the three candidates, right? The Democratic Socialists of America, right? We are members of a group who is doing this work that's doing change. We are members of a community, Hamden, that is creating change, right? And uh, we are all in this together. And we have to lean on each other's wisdom and diversity to better understand what our communities need. That's a, a good lead into my final question for you guys, which is a lot of young people, when they, you know, grow up in the town, they go to high school in that town, um, and then it's time for them to go to college. They try and get away or move out or leave Connecticut and not look back. I can't say I'm one of those people because I went to school in Connecticut, um, but like a lot of people do do that. What, what made you guys stay not only in Connecticut, I guess, but also within your community and leave high school, but then turn right around and find a way to give back to the very community that, you know, you came up in. I'll, I'll go in jam order this time. So, Dustin, go ahead. I'll try to be bold and brief. Um, I'm a slow learner. I was stuck here. No, let's stop. Um, <laughs> no, I, uh, in all seriousness, right, I I, I struggled, right? And I, I um, 
my senior year is when I got my junior and senior year is when I got sick with Tourette's and that slowed me down. Um, and at every given opportunity, I was looking for ways to run as far as I could from Connecticut. Um, I spent the year before I ran, I actually spent seven months out of the country, uh, spent a ton of time in Jamaica, spent time in Russia, spent time in Turkey, uh, spent time in England, right? I was everywhere I could be except for Connecticut. Um, and just having different experiences um, and getting in passion to run, um, you know, as I think about it, uh, as I, uh, I turned 27 this year, I think about raising a family. I think about uh, what type of community I would want, what type of values I would want to impress, um, uh, what experiences I would want my kids to have. Connecticut is the place I would want to be, right? And And for me, I think, you know, everyone has this feeling, oh, I want to get away from home. I don't want to be connected to it. I want to go somewhere else. And I think everyone goes through that phase and then they grow and they reflect and they think about home and they say, oh, this is great or that is great. Um, I think we have something truly special here in Connecticut. And I think it's just making it more affordable. So I think that's the thing that's made me stay is that I want my kids to be able to have some of the same experiences that I had. Yep. So when I kind of think of, you know, some of the things that really make me want me made me want to stay um, and home and as, you know, local as possible. Um, I really think about uh, that, that excitement and that interest that I really got when I first, you know, got myself interested in local politics, um, that ability to, you know, be in community, talk to people about the issues that matter to them get them inspired to, you know, get involved as well. Um, and, you know, having the opportunity to work on these issues. Um, and I think in deciding to stay close, I kind of felt that I'd gotten myself so invested emotionally, um, physically, um, and with my time that I just couldn't see myself, um, you know, backing down from, you know, doing the work um, and taking on this work. Um, and, uh, you know, we, we have, uh, as Justin kind of alluded to, uh, you know, Connecticut, we have our problems, uh, but when we really think about them, uh, so does everywhere else. Um, and I think I, you know, kind of see myself being uh, raised with the mindset of, you know, yes, you have problems, but I, uh, you shouldn't move away from them. You should always, you know, give them your best shot, fight those problems, um, especially when you take into account that uh, such problems really exist everywhere. Uh, so when I really think about it, I really think of that passion um, that I really have um, to make sure that people in my community um, are looked after, that they have a voice, that they know their voice and the impact that their voice has. Um, and, you know, I realize that I could only really have that impact on my community um, if I, you know, stay there. Yeah, I mean, I think with, with what Abdul said, just the physical, mental, spiritual um, evidence of this work just on your body and, and who you are and how I think through issues, you know, all of that is influenced from the work I've done. To try to divorce myself from the work um, is almost impossible because it's just grown on me in such a way that I've developed um, 
especially because I started at such a young age, it's really hard to separate out, you know, like, oh, I don't even think you could be like pre-Mariam or pre-work Mariam, you know, um, it's become such an innate part. And I think leaving that behind was like leaving a family behind and quite literally my family as well. Um, just being so close to them and the community I had here. Uh, and like, you know, Abdul and Justin have alluded to, you're going to find problems everywhere. But if you love a place, you will stay to fix those problems. Hamden residents will be casting their votes for Legislative Council, Board of Ed, as well as Mayor on Tuesday, November 2nd. For Connecticut News Junkie, this is Emily DeSalvo.